And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I am your host as always, Ronnie Landis. And we have an incredible episode lined up for all of you. This is going to be a very, very special episode, very unique opportunity to get two individuals that I really respect, admire, and are doing incredible work in many different fields of holistic health, wellness, even um, you know, dabbling into different areas of spirituality, but their professional work is in the world of living spring water, which is very near and dear to my heart. And um, we, we have a lot to get into. There's a lot of uh, territory that we're going to dive into uh, with these two individuals. So let me do a little bit of an introduction. I've actually had both of these individuals on separate uh, interviews, and uh, so now we're bringing both of them together, all three of us together to discuss one of our favorite topics in the world, which is living spring water. So I just want to do a little bit of an introduction for each of these incredible individuals. Um, first, we have Chris Sanborn, formerly known as Makunde Singh. And you may remember we did an interview uh, a little while ago, and uh, the interview is titled The Truth About Living Spring Water. So we dove completely into the topic of spring water and um, many other things. He owns a company called Live Spring Water. And then we also have Seth Leaf Przansky, who is the founder of Tourmaline Spring, which is a spring water company in Maine. And um, so the common theme here is that we all are advocates, proponents, and lovers of living spring water. We're going to get into exactly what that is and what the distinction there is. Many of you listening already know exactly what spring water is. Maybe you've even um, 
had your hand in going in, in sourcing natural spring water. Maybe you've gone to findaspring.com, which we're also going to talk about because Chris actually is, I believe he is now the new operator of findaspring.com, which is uh, something that we definitely want to dive into because that was an incredible resource for myself and probably hundreds, if not thousands of people around the country, around the world that was formally brought forth by uh, Daniel Vitalis. We're going to dive deep into all that stuff. So um, before we go into there, how are you guys doing? Great. Doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Thanks for having me and Chris on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you doing, Chris? Doing good. Feeling great. Uh, yeah. Excited to be here and chat with y'all. Appreciate you having us on. It's uh, my pleasure. And uh, I've been wanting to do this three-way interview for a little while. Um, you and me, Chris, we did that interview not a long ago. I think it was maybe like less than a year ago. And we did that interview on spring water. And we also touched a little bit on what, what I really want to dive into today. And one of the reasons I got both of you on is to dive into some of the, the quote-unquote controversial nature of spring water um, and really dispel some of the myths, dispel some of the false misinformation that's been brought on based on the media publications that both of you were involved in. Um, and a lot of people may not know about that. A lot of people may know about it. They may be confused. Um, and we just wanted to shed a lot of light on it and just have an open-ended conversation and hopefully spread more awareness about living spring water. One of the things that I'd love my audience to know right now is that all three of us have our own individual and intimate relationship with spring water. I've, I've been involved in hunting down springs for almost 10 years now. Um, so I'm, I'm obviously an avid advocate uh, and a lover of this topic. And it's it literally changed my life. Like this is the number one thing that I think out of all the things that I've been into, raw living foods and superfoods and herbalism, detoxification, all the amazing things when it comes to holistic health, I think spring water has been the most impactful. It's definitely had the biggest effect on my consciousness and my way of thinking and having a direct connection with nature and having a direct connection with the ecosystem that I may find myself in. And, um, you know, it's something that I can't get away from talking about, whether I'm being interviewed on a podcast or I'm giving a lecture or, you know, whatever I'm doing and talking about health, I always have to talk about spring water. It's such an incredible topic and such an important thing for people to know about. So I really value the work that both of you have been doing for so long to bring this to people, not just to bring the awareness to people, but to actually bring the water itself to people, which is not something that I, you know, I, I talk about it. I try to get more awareness out there, more information, education, but you guys are actually bringing the access point for people if they choose not to, or for whatever reason, they can't find springs themselves, you provide opportunities for that spring water to be delivered to their house, which is one of the greatest services that, you know, you can, you can possibly do. And, uh, so anyways, I digress. Um, so the way I want to set this conversation up first is I want to do a little bit of an introduction with both of you and, um, have have each of you just share a little bit about your background, a little bit what got you into spring water, what got you into your health journey, and we'll move forward from there. So maybe if we can start with Seth, um, maybe you can open up open it up for us. 
So the question was, how did I get into my health journey? Is that- yeah, yeah. And then how did that ultimately get you into spring water? You know, it's interesting. I grew up in the woods of Maine and was, I mean, there's water everywhere up here. It's a water producing state. I mean, it's really, really prolific. There's natural springs bubbling up everywhere. And I remember being a little kid and just walking through the woods and literally seeing this little thing. It was just like a sandy bottom and there was no source feeding into it. It was just water bubbling out of the ground. And when I looked into it, I just saw bubbles coming up in sand And I was like, my God, I don't like, there was nothing in me that resisted it at all. I just got down on my knees and started. (laughs) And the effect that it had on me as a little kid was just like, oh, like, you know, hallelujah. And from that point forward, I just had this really intense fascination and connection to water. And it just kept coming up. Uh, you know, over and over and over. And, you know, I got really passionate about water in general, but springs specifically. And, um, you know, I got into the whole raw food diet. I, I ate a hundred percent raw food diet for like six years. Um, kind of when it first started when David Wolf and all those guys were really bringing it out onto the scene. And it's funny you mentioned Daniel Vitalis because we were really close friends, lived near each other. And we both got into spring water together. We're like really passionate about it. Um, so that's kind of how my journey into it began. Yeah, interesting. I, I wanted to um, ask you actually, Seth. So I watched, I rewatched one of the videos that was shown on the media. And uh, your, your business partner, Brian, I believe, wasn't he also involved in that original company? Um, I think it was raw, raw, raw Water, right? That Daniel Vitalis was part of? Was that, yeah. is that the same guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. thought I recognized him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he, he called us up cause he saw Daniel speaking and he said, you got to come up here and see this. This is everything you're talking about. And so we both went up there together and, you know, again, I've seen a lot of Springs. I've traveled around the world. I've always been passionate, not just about cold Springs, but hot Springs too. I just love water Springs, anything to do with water. And I had never seen a cold spring as prolific as that is the one up in, in Harrison, Maine, Summit Spring. I mean, it was just, you know. Do you know the flow rate for that one, Seth? Um, it's between 40 and 80 gallons a minute. Wow. So, yeah. But it's a lot because, you know, usually when you see springs, I know the where Chris gets his water, it's, it's big. But for up here, you know, usually when you see springs that are like that, they're they're small. They're not that big. So to have one that big and that high up, that high of an elevation was like nothing I had ever seen before. It's kind of like the image of like a stratovolcano, you know, where the middle of it is lava coming out, but this is water. It's it's similar to that in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but that took me even deeper into it because we started the whole raw water thing back then. And you know, the whole, it was like, let's put it in glass. Let's do everything as perfect as could be. And, you know, my God, it was, (laughs) Daniel put it out there. I was right behind him. We were trying to get it, do everything we could. And man, we got so much flack for it. You know, people just weren't ready for it then. Um, but that's changed significantly now, you know, because people realize, you know, water is it. (laughs) 
it's more important than food a lot of times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, funny you mentioned that because Daniel, I remember way back when Daniel made the metaphor that if you only focus on the food, you're basically focusing on like fish flakes. If you analogize that to like a fish tank, then you're focusing on the fish tanks. But what about the water that the fish is living in? If you never replace the water and recycle the water, then it's just going to develop this murky kind of fermented um, you know, moldy kind of thing. And then the, the water gets stagnant, it gets dirty. And then it's like, you can keep putting the food or the superfoods or the raw foods even, but you're not changing out the water, which is what builds our blood and our lymph fluid and everything. Right. So it's like, and you know, this, if you've water fasted or anything, if you minimize your food intake for any period of time, you, you know that, okay, clearly it's not all about the food. Clearly we're made of water and we need to recycle the bodies of water inside of us. And um, I just always remember that, that metaphor that I heard that always stuck with me. I was like, okay, wow, water, the key, it's always going to come back to water, no matter what. It's like water, water, water. That's the first and last place that um, I always focus with any client. And even with myself, if I ever forget, if I ever get dehydrated or I ever think I'm hungry, it's like, maybe I'm not hungry. Let me drink a glass of water first and then see if I'm actually hungry. It's, it's just, it's amazing that just that simplicity. And I think both of you definitely resonate with that. Otherwise you wouldn't have devoted your lives to <laughs> bringing water of all things. Um, and, and, you know, to building a company and building companies around water, um, which is a, which is an interesting thing to do in of itself. So, um, thank you, Seth, for sharing that. I want to, I want to just kind of Seth, if you want to share with us just, a, just, um, briefly what got you to start a water company and then i'm gonna i want to transition to chris so for me it was really simple i had been through some tremendously difficult times in my life and i emerged through them i came out of it stronger better brighter than ever and to me i kind of use the metaphor of you know, inside everyone, there's this awareness, right? And it's bubbling to the surface at all times. But if we don't acknowledge it, then we don't give any pathway for it to actually come to the surface, to come to the light of day. And so the challenges that I went through were so significant for me at the time that I could have gone the other way. I could have become really negative or self-destructive or even died, you know, with a lot of the things that I was facing. But I didn't. The exact opposite happened is And it's because I allowed that part of me that is like a spring bubbling to the earth's surface to emerge. And as a result of doing that and being aware of it and loving it, you know, from a completely coherent state, which is your organs, your brain, everything just unified, working together. That was like, it was the perfect metaphor for how I wanted to come out into this world and build a business structure around. So you know, I'd already known Brian up at Summit Spring. I knew what he had up there. And I just, by chance, ran into him. And he was like, look, if you want to do anything, do it. And so I did. And that's really it. That source of water just happened to represent where I was at at that point in my life. So. Brilliant, brilliant. I really appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that and giving us a little bit of a deeper insight into what inspired you to walk this path? So uh, let me transition over here to Chris. First of all, Chris, I, I think everybody wants to know 
why did you go back from Mukunde to Chris? <laughs> I like to to be distinguishable. I think um, you know a lot of people have the name Chris, Ronnie, Seth, and like I think there's something there's something cool about like having that uniqueness and. Um, at the time I took that name, I was really into Kundalini yoga, which uh, helped me a lot on my journey, meditation as well. And um, yeah, so in that tradition, you, a lot of people like change their name and like, you know, identifying more with that lifestyle. Um, at the time I was a vegetarian. Um, and yeah, I just, I thought it was fun, you know, like why not be different, have like a unique name. Um, and recently, um, I, I just resonated more, um, with something that's, that's actually more simple and easier for people to identify with. Um, and just like for simplicity's sake, like just even like telling people like, yeah, my name's Mukunde. There's like, it's like, there, there's always like a question that comes behind that. Like, Oh, what is that? Or like, what does that mean? Or where did that come from? <laughs> and I was just like, part of it was like, honestly, just like getting tired of those questions. Yeah. And honestly, to also be realizing, um, the ship I'm steering, you know, being, Mm. um, wanting to be more identifiable and relatable with people. Got it. Got it. Thanks for answering that question for the record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So, you know, kind of same, same frame you and I, again, for the audience, um, we actually did an entire episode, me and Chris, um, and again, under that that episode at the time, he was going by Makunde Singh. So you can easily find that um, the truth about living spring water. We go way deeper into his story, but I definitely want to have you share with us. You know what started your your passion for health, and particularly getting into spring water, and why did you decide to devote your professional focus to developing a company about spring water? So I had a uh, similar experience to Seth where I remember being uh, a boy and walking in the North Georgia mountains with my grandpa and uh, stopping at a stream actually wasn't even a spring, just like a a beautiful high mountain spring. And my grandpa like stopping to take a drink there and, um, you know, seeing that realizing that like, Oh wow. Like, you can do that. Like there's like water that exists in nature. That's like, um, you know, not only good for us, I would say it goes deeper than that. I would say more, um, not only good for us, but like what has, given us life throughout history 
like, oh, wow, you can have a connection with that. And like, and, and tasting that cold, like freshness where there's like, there's, there's something to fresh water, fresh spring water. It's, you know, it's still, it's got all the, the healthy, um, micro algaes and minerals and like all this other stuff that, you know, um, it just goes beyond being able to quantify it. You can feel it. And I remember, I remember that was a really powerful experience. I forgot about it for, uh, for many, many years, you know, it was just, um, growing up drinking, you know, like a lot of people back then, we didn't know, you know, drinking tap water, like fridge filtered water. Um, uh, but always kind of feeling like, not like, not like excited to drink water, um, or just like drinking other drinks. Cause it, you know, never felt like that revitalizing. Um, and then I took an environmental science course actually in, uh, college. And I realized, um, how toxic, um, the majority of the food that is, is being consumed nowadays in the, the mainstream, um, you know, especially in this country, it's just, uh, you know, it's really toxic for not only for humans, but for the planet. So that led me to, um, seek out alternative, uh, health and wellness. And, um, yeah, it's interesting because I remember drinking, drinking a bottle of, uh, raw water and back when it was still in glass at Alok at this health food restaurant and like, Whoa, this is like, this is like pretty cool. Like, there's there like wow there's a difference um and then i forgot about it again for a while um and then came across the work of daniel vitalis and um found find a spring and um tasted uh fresh mountain spring water for the first time um you know, since I was a kid, really like fresh right out of seeing where it comes out of the earth and like, um, having a really powerful, profound experience. Um, when I had that communion, it was, it was something in my soul was just like put at ease. And, um, yeah, it's, I realized how, how what a gift that is and um that most most people just don't know that and um just don't realize the difference like you know even if you get spring water that's in the store you know it's it's 99.9 percent chance it's processed you know sterilized uv light ozone gas submicron filter all this stuff um so yeah i just wanted to you know make make that that the best water available to more people um, and yeah, you know, what you were saying, how it's so, such a beautiful experience and like such a, uh, profound impact on our health to me. Like when you go to a spring, when you collect your own water, it's, um, it feels really good to have that self sufficiency to see, uh, how our ancestors navigated 
living in communion with the earth for like forever before us. Um, and then also, you know, it's, it's such a cool thing going out there and, and seeing what else is in the landscape um, that we've, you know, it's been, it's been there our whole lives, but we haven't like known to identify like berries or wild greens or whatever it is, you know, it's uh, I feel like it's a really cool pathway to um, having an even deeper communion with nature on so many other levels um, with food and medicine and um, all this stuff that, uh, you know, you can't really buy in a market. So the, the, there's a lot that you just said that we could elaborate on. One of the things that I think all of us have had this experience, um, for me personally, when I first got into living foods, that was my first like major, major access point to like the world of food. You know, before mm -hmm. that I was into like quote unquote organic food and like, mm -hmm. you know, more of like getting into, you know, even if I look back on it, it still was not sufficient from a paleo perspective, but I got into like more like, um, I guess organic chicken, and that's <laughs> <laughs> so funny, bro. It's hilarious. Yeah, organic right? like, like fed organic corn, like stacked totally. on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, bad. You know, and like getting into like Trader Joe's, and and I mean, it was better than what I had become accustomed to, which was like an entirely processed food diet. So we all make our our steps towards towards consciousness, but that that was like where I was at at a particular phase and like organic whey protein powder and was like the, the Jimbo's or the J whatever J whatever that dude was with this face, that, that bodybuilder with his face on that plastic, you know what I'm talking about? So yeah. yeah. And yeah, whatever, 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 or something. I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever goobity gop that was, that's what I was into. And then, and then it was by the great and think I'm so grateful that it was, it was living food that got my attention and it wasn't something else because I, because it changed my life significantly. Um, and that was my first access point into more of a conscious approach, you know, reading Dr. Gabriel Cousins, spiritual nutrition and getting into David Wolf's sun food diet system that actually gave me more than just a diet, but it gave me a conscious approach to a lifestyle. And then, you know, it was, you know, for, for, for you, Chris, you mentioned Daniel Vitalis. For me, it was David Wolf. That's what got me into spring water. And then I got it. David inspired me too. Yeah, for sure. He was part of it. Of course. And um, then getting into the work of Victor Schauberger and then that, that completely opened up my whole, my whole awareness. And um, the point I wanted to get to with this is that um, it wasn't until spring water became a thing for me that I really got into nature. Yeah, did I get into the parks through green, green leafy juices? And I got more into nature and getting under the sun and all that. But I didn't really get into like forests um, mm -hmm. or into like an actual ecosystem till I got onto this idea of finding a spring and then mm -hmm. getting onto findaspring.com and then going to my first spring in Marin County in Northern California, Mount Tamalpais, and actually finding the first spring that got me into the heartbeat of nature. And so everything that you said, I just want to just want to, you know, kind of re reinforce that with my own experience, which is, it's not just the water we're talking about, it's the actual getting into nature, that is part of the healing effect. It's the searching for the spring or searching for the 
I don't know, the, the herb or the mushroom or something, um, you know, that a lot of us become fanatic or the wild foraging, you know, it actually gets us into nature, which we've all been so disconnected from through human domestication. I think that's why all of us are so passionate about this. It's not just about the end product being the the water it's also what it represents it's it's our own personal journey reconnecting back to nature itself that you know maybe spring water or the nutrition um you know the 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 diet itself it 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 got us into that so i just want to kind of put that out there and um yeah seth popped up i'm sure he'll be he'll reconnect so um what i want to what i want to pivot on is kind of getting into you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the stuff that both you and Seth, Chris, you and Seth were involved in basically all the media campaigns, all the, the, the smear tactics, all the, the information that was put out. Um, and I just call a lot of it malarkey. And I want to kind of get both of your takes on your own experience, basically getting into, um, all the media stuff that was put out on, um, you know, living, living spring water and just kind of get a bit of the storyline. I don't want to talk too much about it. I kind of want to be more of a fly on the wall because both of you were directly, um, involved in all these experiences with the media and a lot of people listening to this or watching this, you may or may not be aware about a year ago, there was a like firestorm of, uh, media involvement into, uh, you know, let's just call it the raw water movement that's basically kind of which is amazing that that the raw water movement actually got such traction on public um media outlets but there was also a lot of um a lot of things that came along with that so i want to just start with you chris right now like what can you can you take us back to like how first of all how did that start and how did you get wrapped up in all of that so, yeah, it was about a year and a half ago, to be uh, precise, the New York Times reached out to me um, and said they heard about my water from um, Doug Evans, who was a customer of ours, the, um, the spring water that we deliver in uh, glass jugs, and he was doing a water fast. And um, so he was kind of like a... Uh, someone popular, he had like a juice machine that he was selling. And um, so they, that's, that's when, that's where they say they heard about me. Um, and so, yeah, they flew out a photographer to do, take some photos um, and had a phone interview. And then, um, then the New York times article dropped and um, what, whether it was orchestrated or not by, uh, other media outlets, or they just like hopped on the news story, uh, to create sensationalism, um, within, uh, a day or two of that New York times article, um, every major media publication in the country and in a lot of other countries around the world, uh, had a story uh about raw water and it wasn't a good story um you know a lot of it was uh fear tactics um feeding on fear um 
that, you know, water's got to be processed and sterilized. Otherwise, like people could die and, and get sick and um, that our water was like super expensive um, and, you know, just trying to make, make uh, me look like um, some type of eccentric character. Um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting um, thing to be at the center of for a while and to see how the the lamestream media you know narrative uh just really um likes to focus on drama and, and also promoting um the agenda of of really uh large existing uh corporations that aren't that don't necessarily have our best interests in mind um mm-hmm. so yeah that was uh that was it in a nutshell mm-hmm. okay there's there's a lot more to dive into here um and I, I i found out about this through you in particular i mean i know that luke's story who has a really really um big platform in his podcast he did a three a three-way or not a three-way but a three segment interview with each of you and also with daniel vitalis and then you and I, Chris, we lived together in Maui for some time. So that's how I really became intimate with this. And you showed me a lot of videos and they were basically one, one, I think it was uh, comedy central, correct me if I'm wrong, but one media outlet compared you to Alex Jones, which we got a really good laugh about. I think we were laughing. I think I fell out of the chair for a good 10 minutes laughing. Um, the videos that they made, and obviously like I'm making light of it because I, I wasn't the one being, um, kind of posterized and I know it wasn't necessarily funny for you although you do have a lightheartedness about about it which I appreciate um, but can you yeah you know it's like yeah. you said like it was it was discouraging in a way because there wasn't really like it didn't feel like like they were really giving it uh, a fair chance um, you know all the articles that were being done it was like copy and paste But at the same time, it's like you said, it's like, cool, well, now there's, now there's like at least an awareness and and a debate, a public debate, like at least now people realize, oh, maybe there is a difference between spring water at Costco and spring water that's uh, coming straight from a mountain into glass, you know? So that part was cool. Um, And yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the quite the fascinating thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, you handle it like a champ, my God. <laughs> you really, you got the brunt of it, you know, and you just dealt with it really well. Cause every time I would talk to you about it, you're just totally chill, just totally really not seemingly very attached to the abuse. I mean, it was really abusive what they did, you know? Yeah, it was, it was honestly. And, you know, thank God for, for the work I've done with, with finding acceptance and, and just focusing on not, um, not having like cravings or, or desires or, or aversions to things and just like, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, particularly, you know, it was the comedy central one was, it was just so twisted because they were like, Oh, you know, we want to give your side of the story, like, come on to the show. And, like, and then like, I rolled up and like, I talked to Daniel and he like, he warned me like, bro, they're going to try and like tear you up. And I had a feeling they were going to, but I was like, you know what? 
gotta give it a give it a shot anyways and then like as soon as i got there i just knew they were just like nope there this is the same narrative um that is in the interest of the of the large corporations who have a uh, a failing model that's uh not just not um not the best and uh on its way out so yeah you know i get where, get I'd like where to add that a little bit because I agree. Like there's absolutely, there's no doubt there's a corporatist agenda. There's this desire to, you know, corporatize everything, poison the food, all that. But at the same time, okay, as, as I watched this whole thing unfold and I kind of looked deeper into it, I started thinking less and less it was about that. And that more and more, it was just about mass hysteria almost where they just picked up on one little thing like, ooh, they're drinking out of a stream. What is wrong with them? And then just- Out of a swamp. Freaking hippies are drinking out of a stream. Are they out of their freaking mind? Like that kind of thing. And then just rolling with it. And then it just like went viral. Like literally, you know, they're worried about us having spreading viruses. They're spreading mass pandemonium fear-based propaganda Mm. virally. So they're the ones who are actually infecting people's minds. You know, they're the ones who are turning people away from nature, from the what has always been what sustains us. It's always been what we are. It's the most important thing in everybody's life. Yet people are so socially conditioned to look towards things that don't really matter and place that as a priority than the things that do matter. Well put. So yeah, yeah. No, that that that's extremely well put. And um, you you know you brought up something very key for everybody to have in their awareness. <clears throat> Traditional and mainstream marketing is based on fear tactics. That if you if you look at all the marketing and all the subliminal messages, there's always a fear, win, lose. Um, program built into it. There's always a message of lack, limitation, scarcity, poverty programming, scarcity software programming, however you want to kind of frame it. That's basically the messaging system to let you know that you're either you're not enough, you need what we have, um, and or, um, you know, basically creating mass hysteria, which triggers the sympathetic nervous system and it upregulates the central nervous system and causes you to be less in your critical thinking mind, more in your limbic system, which is just reaction, reflexive reactivity. And, you know, we, we definitely want to go deeper into this, but I think most people that are listening to this conversation have a pretty clear awareness at this point, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. This is not like a new aha to you, maybe it is. But the point of the matter is exactly what, what Seth is kind of um, articulating is that the entire that entire initiative underneath it all, whatever it's trying to promote, get redirect people back on poison tap water or other bottled waters or whatever the case is, ultimately they're trying to trigger that fear response in people to get them into the consumerism model opposed to being a creator. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that's coming up for me right now as I'm saying this, and I don't know if I've ever made this connection, but spring water is based on the the creation model of nature. 
It's not mm-hmm. based on consumerism. I remember one time somebody, I was giving a lecture and I mentioned spring water and the person's like, yeah, you know, that's amazing. But, you know, not everybody in the world can have spring water because then you would run out. And I was just like, I, I, <laughs> and, and I just, right, how are we doing? and I just paused for a second. I thought I was like, okay, well, that's an interesting perspective. It's assuming that by me going to a spring that's overflowing, whether I go to it or not, that somehow me receiving that, that abundance, I'm going to draw away from the abundance. Like I'm going to strip it of the natural resource when the water is coming out, whether I'm going to it or not. And it's my choice to receive that infinite creation from nature. Um, so that that's an interesting kind of side perspective that I think just kind of comes out of all this. Yeah, you know, to me, water is a very heart-based, blood-based kind of thing. Because when you look at it, especially spring water, it comes from usually, unless it's a surficial spring, it comes from deep inside of the earth, which we could go into primary water. That's a whole other topic that I would love. Well, let's to go into primary water. You want me to? Let's so do it. a lot of people don't know about this. But it has been demonstrated that there is literally, they say three to five times the amount of water that is on all the surface of the planet, inside of the planet, bound to what is called ringwoodite. It's a layer of rock. So the same magmatic processes that make rare earth minerals, that make lava, that all that stuff comes up, also makes water. I mean, why wouldn't it, right? Everything that it's creating already is water would be a pretty easy one. It's hydrogen and oxygen, you know? So it creates that. It's literally, it binds to ringwoodite, which is a layer of earth that's inside, you know, it's pretty deep down on the planet. And the water pressurizes. It literally, literally pressurizes. And then it seeks outlet eventually through a tectonic plate shift or earthquakes or cracks, whatever. That water is always going to seek its way upward until it eventually can find its way out. And so primary sources of water are now all over. I mean, they've been all over the planet forever. And for the longest time, I remember in in science class when I was, I didn't make it through much school, but when I was a kid, I remember them saying that most of the water that is on the planet came from comets and asteroids and things of that nature hitting the earth that had moisture on them. And that's where all the oceans of the world came from. And I just remember thinking about that and being like, no way. There's way too much water on this planet. You know, and then they'd be like, oh, this many comets hit after this many time. And it was this much water. And they literally had the whole thing calculated out. So the theory of primary water was, it was proven by a lot of people, or it was theorized by a lot of people way back, but it's since been proven. It's been documented. Mm -hmm. And what has also been proven is I have a friend and I think Chris knows about him too, Paul Power of the Primary Water Institute. He has drilled over a thousand wells around the world in places where they don't have running water. I I think 130 in Africa, um, all over the place. I mean, he's literally, he'll go to places where there is no water and he will find it. Often where big companies have come in and tried to drill, he'll drill two, 300 feet away from where they drilled and he'll hit water when they didn't. So it's about Curious. when he hits it, then does it turn into like a spring where it's just like gushing up or it, or it just varies depending on like what a few of them do. 
they definitely more likely than not, that's been the case, but some of them, the flow rate isn't that substantial. And so what they do is they hook up solar power and then kind of like pumps a little bit just to bring it up. Cool. So, but deeply profound. And it's amazing because the TDS of this water, the total dissolved solids is usually very, very low. You know, any water that's going to come from a complex granite, which is what a lot of these waters actually make their way up through. You'd think with all the complex mineralogy that it would be a very high total dissolved solids, but it's not it's very, very low. So the thing that, that I love about primary water, the concept that the earth is essentially has this cleansing process, right? Where it's like, okay, so the water is actually going into the earth too at some point, or it's going somewhere, which we know we've got a lot of toxic waters right now on this planet. You know, what are we going to do about it? And to me, it gives me a lot of hope knowing that, okay, well, there is a natural um, process of cleansing. The earth has this natural process. So if we can't, you know, we just got to stop, stop polluting it. And then we can really have um, a pristine, pristine paradise again. Um, And yeah, I I just, I think that idea about primary water, it's so, it, it does play to the idea that like, it's so abundant. Like it's so, it's just, there's so many springs that are just gushing up and um, yeah, it's uh, it's really just, you know, appreciating it and, and finding ways to, uh, to really incorporate that into our lives. What, what's really interesting to me is when you look at filters and filtration or detoxification um, methods of, of purifying water, What's interesting to me is that they're all based on earth compounds. You know, you have charcoal, you have different forms of clay, um, you have fulvic and humic minerals and in, in acids. Um, these different earth compounds are the filtration mechanisms of earth, of the geology of the earth, and built into the hydrological cycle is what you're talking about, is that that filtration through the earth and, and coming in contact with the, the mineralogy and all that kind of thing. So I think this is even more interesting when we look at what is our natural proclivity or where are we deriving all of these quote unquote filters, right? So we're looking at like, you know, one of the comments that one of the ladies and obviously she didn't know what she's talking about, but she, she just, in one of the, the interviews, I think it was CNN, she's like, well, I think there's a reason we filter water. It's like, yeah, yeah, there is a reason we filter water, but you clearly don't know what that reason is. That was, that was, my, first <laughs> that was my first response, is people saying things that, that kind of sound like they make sense, but don't really have any sensibility behind it. Yeah, there is a reason we filter water. What's, what's interesting to me, though, in this conversation, and hoping that people can actually answer that question for themselves, why do, and this is something, maybe this is a good topic for both of us, for all of us to get into is like, why do we filter water, right? What kind of water are we filtering in the first place? And what is this, this idea of what, why are we going to the earth to get earth compounds to use to filter toxic water? And why are we phobic about going to the earth to get water that's been filtered by the same compounds that we're going to filter our toxic water. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Definitely. And Honestly, I think it, it kind of goes back to what I said. I don't, people are so short-sighted. Their attention span is so, it's like minutia. So this whole thing that happened with us and living spring rot and raw water and the whole thing that, it was such a fear-based thing that people didn't even have the attention span to look beyond the mm. surface of mm. what it actually is. So they're not even thinking in terms of any depth at all. You know, all of that water was terms. that was pretty shocking to it. Water terms here. Yeah. They just think, oh my God, they're drinking out of a stream. Oh my God, there's animals peeing in it. Oh my God, they're like just so afraid because most people have been conditioned to believe that nature is dirty, that mm-hmm. nature is bad for you, that all the you know. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it can be, you know, you don't want to drink water out of a stream where animals have been defecating and urinating in it all day long i mean obviously right you also don't want to drink water that's downstream from a nuclear power plant or a waste mill or all kinds of other human things too so not once did i or chris or any of us ever advocate doing that they just took this thing and ran with it and made it into something based upon their own fear that has been conditioned into their belief systems and that's it they can't look beyond that it's just tunnel vision so why, why are people afraid, you know, or why they're afraid of everything? They're afraid of life. <laughs> and, and that really comes from a massive disconnection from our own body, from our own being, from our own heart, really. Like, that's really what it comes down to. We have been taught so routinely to only think according to how other people want us to think totally void of feeling of heart based expression but the heart is the biggest generator of a magnetic field in our whole body literally thoughts are electric the heart creates a magnetic field so when we live a heart centric life we make that the primary focus of how we experience this world and how we perceive things that in turn influences our mind the electrical conductivity of our mind becomes influenced by that dramatically so we're not so afraid anymore because we're living in a way where we trust life because you can feel that life in and of itself is here to nurture us. Life wants to grow. It wants to evolve. It wants to become more self-aware through us, but that's Mm -hmm. only possible when we live in the heart. If we're in this mind-based, fear-based perspective that most people are in, they're just thinking the same repetitive thoughts over and over and over and over to the degree that they forget that there's a neck with a body underneath the head. They're just like literally right here. Going, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, this, that, the other thing. When we, that can change so fast because heart brain coherence. Okay. When you get in the heart, it links your brain. They become like a super organ together, but then your other organs get involved. Next thing, it's whole body coherence. I, I'm about whole soul coherence because when your entire body is coherent, then your entire awareness itself is no longer trapped or incarcerated inside of your mind or in your body. You literally can exist in and around your body. And the water that is in our body is, in my perspective, I've pondered this so deeply. I've literally, literally just used my awareness and allowed it to travel to the depths of my own awareness. And I am totally, totally confident that the water in our body is either 
what attracts our consciousness. It probably attracts it. I think consciousness is the first thing, but water is holding the charge for this awareness to be a more full expression of what it has the potential to be. And that's why when you drink water right out of the ground, that is pure as could be, that's living. And what I mean by living, not just the microbes, not just all the microorganisms that can be there. There is a structure, okay? There's an actual geometric structure to it that gives it vitality. And it's the same thing in us. When the water in our blood and our being is vitalized, which can happen instantaneously when we live a heart-based perspective, when we live from our heart, then my God, what's that going to do to the water in our body? And what's that going to do for our expression in life? How are we going to interact with the world at that point? Are we going to be afraid? Are we going to live in our mind and get stuck? We might for a little bit just because we've been so conditioned, but then why? Because all of a sudden when you've really grounded into your heart, you're feeling so good that why would you do that? Kind of not to just go off here, but one other thing I want to mention too is I have a friend who's a premier water researcher and she's going to come out in the world with mind-blowing stuff. I, I can't say much about it now. But there's this idea that the heart is not just pumping blood through the body. It's actually vortexing water throughout the body. Oh. And there's been a lot of, I don't, I can't quote any of the science or provide any links because I don't have them with me. I can dig it up and see, but there's been a lot of evidence to prove this is absolutely so, which goes back to Victor Schauberger, which goes back to all these water wizards and these people who realize that vitalized, spiralized, living, structured water is what's going to allow the cells of our body to become the most vitalized as quickly as possible. That's so cool. I, I definitely think um, you're, you're right on with that, bro. And yeah, it's so interesting. Like even the fact that there's, there's micro crystals in spring water you know, silica, that's like, I've actually seen it concentrated, um, where if you leave spring water sitting around for a while, it'll actually like almost sprout these rainbow crystals. And, you know, you think about what's happening within our bodies when we are infusing our hearts and our brains and our spirit with these, with these crystals, you know, it's, um, it's uh it's really powerful and yeah it's uh it's it's a fun time to be alive and um see people re uh waking up to to the power of of um what we can what we can really achieve together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. look to expound upon what you're saying our whole body is made up of crystals our bones is made up of appetite our teeth i mean these are we literally almost are crystals in a way like we have that same kind of structure within us and from that structure is this bioelectric biomagnetic force that is animating it and to the degree that we are stuck or free really has to do with the vitality of our inner structure and how aware of that we are and how willing to feed that. Mm. Yeah. 
These are these are extremely brilliant and key points that both of you guys are making. Um, for the audience, there's a book I want to recommend. It's a, it's an old book, and it's one of the original books that I got into when I started studying mineralogy, which is Silica, the Forgotten Nutrient. Very very well known book in the in the field of nutrition and in studying mineral nutrition. Um, Silica, the Forgotten nu- Nutrient, and um, you know your pineal gland is silicaceous. And when you start studying silica, because Chris, you brought this up, and it's such an important point, on silica-rich foods and herbs, obviously, like that, that's key. But then silica-rich spring water is extremely powerful. And just having that awareness of silica, because, you know, you think of like Silica Valley, Silicon Valley, and like Silicon Chips. And now they're doing, I don't know where they are in the progress, maybe one of you guys knows better. But they're talking about, you know, um, using silica crystals in water drops to actually store information at the, at the capacity of an entire computer, if not more. You know, wow. maybe you guys know more about that. But that, that's kind of like, that's another aspect of this. And this can go way down the rabbit hole right now, um, which we don't have time to go super far down. But just kind of planting these seeds of like, what is the power of the quality of your water. You know, that's really what we're talking about and understanding that it's not just like the conversation around like, oh, conventional apples and organic apples. I mean, that's, that's important, right? Like, you know, the, the, different, the difference between an organic apple and a conventional apple is huge. But then when you think of like tap water and reverse osmosis water or distilled water or ionized, deionized water, alkalized water. And then you have all these different, these different qualitative distinctions. Those are all in a certain category, right? Tap water is like, it's, it's, I can't even, it's so far out of the screen. It's so far off the spectrum that I can't even put it, my arm won't even like, (laughs) and then like right here, you have these, these filtered waters, right? And they're different qualitative um, categories. But then on the far end over here of quality, the spectrum of quality, you have spring water. That's how, that's how I'd like to kind of like um, categorize it for people. And so I think what I want to do with both of you is like, let's get a little bit of a conversation going. What are, what are based on, I guess, based on what I just outlined for people, what are your perspectives on filtered water? And because, you know, a lot of times people, people are obviously like tap water. We could go indefinitely on why not to drink tap water, right? Let's just just understand, don't drink tap water. Like, let's just get there, right? Now, getting away from that, there's all these different filtered and restructuring, hydrogen restructuring, and different forms of restructuring tools um, or filtering your water. What are the pros and cons of some of that, like in a general sense, because we could obviously get really detailed. And why do both of you advocate guiding people directly to spring water instead of like applying some of these filtration devices? Or what are your perspectives on that, I should say? For me, it's simple. I mean, I always like to go right to the source. I've never liked middlemen or middlewomen or middle anything. I like to just go to a source for anything. Um, But the issue for a lot of people who live in cities and who don't have access to that is probably what is the next best choice, I think, in a situation like this. And I think that's going to vary because 
tap water, even though it's tap water, is not the same. Just like just like spring water is not spring water. You know, there's many different types, and it's going to be subjected to whatever substratum or matrix that it's coming up through, and that's going to influence the qualities of that water. I mean, tap water, my God, it could be really toxic or not as toxic. You know, it's it all depends. So, I think it's a difficult question. I you know if if I didn't have access to the type of water that I did, what I would probably do is distill my water, add some kind of catalyst into it, whether it's a little bit of Celtic sea salt, I think I would do over Himalayan sea salt, um, then vitalize it somehow, you know, or, and then even, you know, not to get weird. I know it's weird for a lot of people, but just humming next to your water before you drink it, like literally get into that heart space hum over it just the sound of your own voice is with that intention can do a lot for the water before you drink it now i don't know a lot about filters because it's not anything that i've ever i'm very fortunate and blessed to live in a state where we have abundant clean water i mean even the water that comes where i live right now underneath us is a massive underground aquifer I mean, massive. It's a giant, giant underground lake that's never really been tapped or anything. And so that comes through the house here, you know? So I've, I've never had to research really filters. I wouldn't even know where to begin, honestly. Yeah. So the thing with the filters, you know, it's like, um, you can get out 99% of, of the, the toxins, but then you just have this, this dead, it's dead. It's, it's, um, and, you know, you in chemistry class, they teach us that water is the universal solvent. So, you know, it, it can break us down or it can build us up. And th- I think that's really the danger with filtered water is there's just, we're not biologically adapted to, to drink that. We've, we've, you know, 99.9 of human existence, our bodies have thrived and we've gotten to where we are from drinking, um, you know, fresh spring water. And if water doesn't have any minerals or, or doesn't have, um, the stuff that it naturally does, then it can just take those things actually out of your body. And it's, and it's a natural, um, way that water, you know, tries to, to come back to its original essence. So it can really, you know, filters, you know, like you said, it is good if you are going to do it. Like I get it. You know, some people live in New York, they don't have a car. And like, so, you know, what do you do there? You know, it's like, um, you know, for, for those people, you know, there's the Berkey filters, which they say takes out the, the fluoride and a lot of the heavy stuff and, uh, leaves the minerals or, yeah, you can like try and, and re-add the minerals. Um, but yeah, there's just, um, there's just a lot of these things that, that aren't even necessarily fully quantifiable. That's mm-hmm. just this mm-hmm. essence that you can really feel, right. you, you know, you, you really, you can feel it if, if you're sensitive um, and, and you just start to tune into your overall health and, and well-being. Mm-hmm. Once you uh, uh, do, you know, if you do have the, the um, fortunate ability to, to drink fresh spring water, yeah, these are really, really great points. And I, I feel like spring water has a personality. It yeah. has an essence. And, and one of the points that I, I make all the time is that 
one of the benefits of going and getting different types of spring waters or um, or even a spring in and of itself is that you're connecting with the ecosystem through the water that's been incubating in that ecosystem for however long, you know, much longer than we've been here more, more than likely. And, um, you know, that, that to me is like a direct connection. It's one thing to get barefoot on the ground. It's one thing to sun gaze and to, to connect with the trees and forage for plants and everything. But I've never felt a deeper connection with an ecosystem than drinking the water because the information is, is transmitted instantaneously. There's a consciousness perspective upgrade in that moment. You know, it, it brings me more in the moment. I've noticed that. And I don't get that when I drink distilled water or RO water or anything. I don't get that, that, like, that presence. You know, I get more of kind of like, getting by energy like i'm getting by you know like this is all i have available okay cool like i'm just getting by till the next thing but when i bring spring water into my body it presences me to a moment that makes sense yes i know exactly what you mean (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. very palpable it's very tangible it's i mean it's the essence of life you know when you think about water and it's in its natural state just bubbling through the earth through filtration systems that no human machine can replicate. I mean, that is connected to everything there is. It's connected to all of reality, to nature, you know? So, yeah, so when you, when you enjoy spring water, there's this reverence that happens, you know, especially like you go to the spring, it's like, Oh wow. This isn't just some um, ubiquitous thing. That's just coming through our top without ever having to think about it. It's like, you start to really appreciate it. And I think that's what's uh, really powerful too. Like, wow, um, this is... It's hard to be. It's hard to yeah. yeah. Like, it really is. Yeah, that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there, there's an enthusiasm, right? Like, I'm not really enthusiastic about the RO machine. I'm, I'm happy that it's there. Um, I think we all need to have filters on our, our, you know, our, our house water supply, definitely for going in the shower, washing our dishes, that kind of thing. That's um, a tough one. That is a tough, tough one. Yeah. But there's a, there's an optimism. There's an enthusiasm. I notice when it comes to spring water and it's not just me, it's obviously both of you and so many people that we know, um, that have had that experience. I know so many people that I've introduced to spring water that came from the city, the concrete jungle, barely ever seen a tree in their life. I mean, like from Oakland, California. I remember one time I brought a group of, of guys that were born and raised in Oakland and got them into the food thing. And they're like, hey, we need to go up to Mount Tamalpais in Marin County, go do a, a mile hike into the hills. I got to show you something. And um, their lives were changed. I mean, their whole like, their whole perspective, their whole connection to nature. All of a sudden, I see them hugging barefoot in the water in the spring, where the water is coming out. And these are guys that had never even like had that kind of experience. Came from like the inner wow. city of Oakland, California, and all of a sudden, their hearts are open, and they're now profitizing to all their family about getting off the tap and getting into spring water. It's, it's a, like all these experiences show me like, okay, it's not just my own trip. I'm not just in my head about this. There, there's a phenomenon here. 100%, my God. I mean, it, it's, it's such a clear thing. You know, when you connect to the essence of what it is that actually affords you the opportunity to live in this human form, it changes you. It, when you reconnect to that, you feel it and it activates the part of you 
that remembers how important it is to live in a harmonious state with yourself and with these precious elements of our planet. Yeah. I, um, with the, with the short amount of time we have left and we could totally, I know that we could go so much deeper. And what's interesting about this, this conversation is that my original intention was to go deeper into, you know, kind of the media stuff and, and all that. And we ended up just like, we touched on it. We talked a little bit about it, but it kind of wrapped back into really the, the reverence and the positivity, which I'm, I'm happy for. And that's, that is actually representative of, this type of lifestyle is that you don't stay in that negativity zone for too long. Not that my intention was to get negative, but was to dispel the, the, the um, manufactured negativity that was brought on by some of these outlets. And what, what's interesting is that I feel like you, you both kind of have this comedic, this comical response to it all. Obviously it's stressful. You both run companies. It's not as if it's easy to brush off, but it seems like there's just kind of this like, you know, this comical understanding of like, you know, at least it's getting out there. Like there's, there's a beneficial element to all that. Like, yeah, okay. Like it's unfortunate that human beings are so short-sighted as you mentioned, Seth, and just jump to conclusions and don't even do their research. And you know, the whole thing about spring water being a stream or coming out of some murky swamp or something that's obviously not but, but people jump into these conclusions and just these fear smear campaigns. But somehow underneath all that is this kind of like cosmic giggle. Um, and I think spring water, living foods, that whole kind of lifestyle really invokes that energy. And that in of itself is, is healing and therapeutic and representative of what, you know, this lifestyle and in particular to this conversation, what getting on living spring water can do for your life is it creates more of this relaxed, um, comical, enthusiastic, optimistic energy that, you know, I think tap water kind of just does the opposite. <laughs> to, to put yeah, it right. It's funny that that term you coined the tap water consciousness. Right. Right. And you know, that's the thing is it's, it's, um, we're so fortunate that we are free thinkers, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, it, you can't, it can be really heavy when you think about just everything that's happening right now with, with vaccines and, and, you know, the rainforest on fire because people are eating GMO hamburgers. Um, you know, so, but yeah, it's like, what can you do? Well, we can, we can educate people. That's, you know, and that's, that is the fun part of it. The game, you yeah. know, how, how can we really um, just encourage people to really just, just be independent thinkers is, you know, that's the most important thing for anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just so grateful that obviously uh, more people are, are, are waking up to a new, idea of of things and um a, a new reality that we can um really manifest hallelujah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so thank you for that absolutely i mean this is this too is like what what the spring water lifestyle really does for you is it makes you a free thinker or it helps you enhance free thinking qualities i would say um it's 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 just part of the it's part of the deal it's part of the process so 
Um, you know, with that said, I'd love for each one of you to share, you know, first of all, where can people find you? You both, you both own and operate different spring water companies. And another point I want to make about this that I just picked up on is that there's a complete collaboration energy built into all this because it would be very easy to be more like, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to do a, a, a joint interview because I have my own agenda and I want to sell my own bottled water. <laughs> you know, it could be that kind of thing. But what's interesting about this is that there's a necessity and a felt sense of collaboration because we're all on the same mission. And there's mm -hmm. a scarcity, kind of like the point I made about the spring. It's coming out whether you go to it or not. There's a built-in abundance here. Um, and so that, that, that whole competitive scarcity energy is finding its way out, which I think is rooted in tap water consciousness, definitely part of it. Um, and spring water consciousness is all about abundance, prosperity, health, vitality, mm -hmm. humanity, animals, earth, microorganisms, species, symbiosis, um, and healing in collaboration. And, you know, in David's famous words, having the best day ever, um, <laughs> really the energy of spring water in my, my experience. So, uh, yeah, I'd love for you guys just to kind of share where can people find out more about your, um, your spring water? And, and also what, what do you offer? Because I know for, for Chris, I know, cause I've been, in, I've been involved in your, your company to some extent. I know what you offer in terms of delivery, but, um, Seth, I'm less familiar with the services that you offer and how far wide ranging that are to people in the country or outside of the country. So if you guys can give us a little um, information, that would be great. Chris, you want to go first or? Uh, go for it. Okay. So yeah, we, the Tourmaline Spring distribution range is really kind of small. It's, it's within New England. Okay. Um, it's funny because New England is so populated. There's so many people here, but there's so many of these big corporate brands that just dominate shelf space everywhere. Um, and we don't deliver direct to people. We used to, we, we tried it for a while. Um, but it was really difficult because the spring is pretty far out. And by the time you start getting truckloads of water to anywhere, you're talking a lot of fuel, a lot of expenses, a lot of stuff like that. So we've had to work with distributors who come there and get it and, Everything is like a you know, price by the penny kind of thing. So it's not a profitable business and it's not anything that's very easy to scale out on any kind of a level where it's out there in a big way. So that's it. I and mean, we sell online, but it's really heavy. Obviously, the weight of water is very expensive to ship. People buy it all the time, though, all over the country, you know, mostly in, in the East Coast is where a lot of our clients are. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we're we're in northeast coast. So. Okay, you guys are, are you guys still in Lassen, Seth? Weren't you in Lassen's for a bit we in California? We were for a little while, but it didn't sell that well, and they never reordered. So mm -hmm. people don't really understand the difference so much. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you walk into some of these big health food stores, there's a million brands in there. Totally. Yeah. Hard to know it's what you know. Yeah. But yeah, our, the website I have is tourmalinespring.com, T-O-U-R-M-A-L-I-N-E, spring, singular.com. There's a blog on there. There's a bunch of information that mm -hmm. I didn't put up. 
Seth, you did an awesome job too, uh, creating that Facebook group. I know there hasn't been much momentum with it lately, or maybe there has, I just haven't uh, seen it come up much recently, but the, uh, what's the title of it? It's the raw, the raw, raw water movement or what's the the, consciousness movement. The water consciousness movement. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's a really cool group on Facebook that you put together. I really appreciate that you did that. Yeah. Okay. So for people watching and listening, they can go to the water consciousness movement group on Facebook. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. We'll, we'll make, we'll put all these links in the show notes of the episode as well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, Seth, you know, I really appreciate all the the groundwork that, uh, you've laid to, um, you know, make raw water available for people and, you know, to, to really educate on what the difference is. And, um, yeah, I really, uh, I really hope things, uh, things, um, will pick up for you guys and, uh, really, uh, just envision that success. The more, uh, more people start to, uh, you know, wake up to, to, um, the different qualities of water out there. Um, and yeah, so for, uh, my projects right now, um, we have, uh, live water, um, which is the home delivery service. You know, it's always best. I always tell people go to, you know, collect your own spring water if you can, uh, that's the first best option. But, you know, a lot of people living in Los Angeles or San Francisco, like they just don't have the time um, or location to a nearby spring that's like really good. So we do offer our um, delivery service um, pretty much all of California. Um, and then um, we also have, uh, we're going to be expanding into Portland and Seattle in the next uh, few months. Um, and then, yeah, find a spring. I've uh, recently come to um, kind of take uh, take ownership, uh, majority ownership of that, and just responsibility and um, building that platform out has been uh, really fun, really exciting, just to improve upon the work uh, that Daniel Vitalis started. Him and Leilon Anderson started uh, ten years ago. Um, you know, we're at a place now where. Um, we're going to just really be expanding that, expanding that community, creating community on there, almost like um, creating kind of like a, a Facebook type of social media with groups and uh, chats and direct messages, um, you know, so people can share, um, share the resources with each other. You know, that's the really beautiful thing um, that I love about find a spring, you know, people, um, can go on there and, you know, pipe springs together or, you know, someone can buy a water test. We've got water tests, um, that are going to be on there for a discounted rate for everyone. Um, so, you know, people can get that and then publish it on the site for everyone to use. Um, and, you know, we're putting a lot more hot springs on there, which are, you know, really powerful, you know, getting all those minerals and like all of the, um, these, these healing, um, 
energy frequencies from the earth, you know, soaking in that, you know, anyone who's been to a hot spring knows you just kind of, you feel great afterwards. So yeah, we're really excited about, about find a spring. Um, we're, we're a little ways away from doing, uh, like kind of a relaunch, but we're, uh, we're making, um, additions and, and fixing things every day. So, um, yeah, you can go on findaspring.com uh, and put your email in there, uh, like the Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just really excited. You know, for me, that's the most exciting thing to see that community yeah. around the around the world of people really going out into nature and having that connection and and realizing how healing that is and um, taking back our sovereignty you know um you know with with everything with just really claiming as our birthrights i'm really glad you said that chris and that that's really that's why i think the the food thing the food movement the water movement the spring water movement all these things are access points for sovereignty reclamation Mm. Right. Particularly, you know, when you get into foraging and, and spring water foraging in particular, or just drinking living spring water, if it's delivered to your door or you're getting it in a bottle from a reputable company from one of you guys, that is part of regaining and reclaiming sovereignty because it takes you on a journey. I know it took me on a journey and led me to foraging. It led me to getting into nature and getting spring water, as I said before. And that's part of sovereignty. And, and when you do that, that'll lead you into other areas of your life where you can reclaim the sovereignty that's been lost through conditioning and programming and domestication, as our, as our buddy Daniel Vitalis like, uh, brought that awareness, human domestication, human farming, agricultural living to a lot of our awareness. And then that's where a lot of this is born from, is that awareness that you know we, we've gone through some sort of hybridization of the human species through these city-like civil state civilization, human farming, domesticated situations. And our thinking has been domesticated based on civilization. And so we don't really know what real food is. We don't really know what real water is. We don't really know what real critical free thinking is, what real mm-hmm. real relationships outside of these, these built-in models of what it should be based on you know, what we've been told and all these other different things that are kind of breaking open at the seams and these emerging paradigms of self-sovereignty are coming through. And I think there's no more powerful and impactful access point for becoming a sovereign human being than gaining access to living spring water. I think it's the most impactful thing that you can do. I mean, it's, it's obvious you guys know it. I know it. we've, we've been living it for over 10 years individually. That's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of days. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of moments of infusing our biology and our consciousness with the consciousness of nature. And, um, one thing I want to say to everybody is that if you haven't experienced it, you won't be able to relate to it until you do. And I just want to say that for anyone that hasn't experienced it, but you're intrigued, take that step because it's like so many things in life, you can conceptually get the idea, but you can't really understand it till you've had the felt experience. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I, I know what they're saying. And I want to say one more thing as we, 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 we conclude this, 
Um, if there's anybody that's interested in investment opportunities, I don't know because we haven't had that conversation, but I just want to say that there might be an opportunity to connect with each of these gentlemen about an investment opportunity if you are in a position uh, to do so. There might be a conversation. There might be a couple conversations available um, for the right person that's listening to this and is in a position to um, invest whatever, whether that's that's money or that's time or, or connections or something, because this needs to grow. It's, it's essential. It's essential for humanity. Like it's, it's literally a necessity for humanity to get off tap water consciousness, to get off filter water consciousness and to experience the magic of spring water, which, which, you know, you guys are basically some of the main stewards on the planet, literally, you know, making this available to people in the most convenient way possible. So I just honor you guys so much. I'm so glad that we finally got the opportunity to set this up and have this conversation. I invite many, many more and, uh, yeah. Oh, you guys. Chris, Ronnie, Ronnie, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was wonderful being here and being able to share with you guys. Mm-hmm. Let's do it again. Let's go deeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deeper. Deepest depths that there are and just really, really immerse ourselves in the feeling of mm. the water. Mm. So, you know, water is a very feeling centric type of element. Mm. And I feel like that is what we as a species need to connect with more. Right. When we do that. We can empathize with everybody and everything to the degree that we're not so selfish anymore. And that's very important. Wow. Wow. Well put. Did you, did you want to say something, Chris? Yeah. I, uh, finishing up, you know, in the, in the spirit of, of spring water and abundance, um, and, and what Seth said, you know, with uh, just being um, not selfish and, and, and really figuring out how we can share resources in a way um, that everyone is supported and uh, honored. And the earth is really supported and honored, I think, is such a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to see um, water water clean good water access to good water um really have a big impact on that and uh yeah grateful for everyone who's uh supported us and continues to support us and who will support us in the future and grateful for both you guys for uh the work that you do Mm. absolutely so grateful for both of you thank you so much for making it easier for someone like me that likes to riff and ramp riff and rant and go on uh, endless water tangentials, but actually giving people an access point to experience it. Cause one thing to talk about it, but you know, it is not really any point in talking about it. There's not a way to experience it. So that's where you guys come in with my, into my world and make it easier for me to do what I love to do. And we get to support each other in, in that way. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So amazing conversation, really grateful Um, Part two, part three are coming, I'm sure. And uh, until then, let's all invest in having the best day ever. And all the links for both of these gentlemen's um, companies and how you can gain access to the most incredible spring water on the planet will be in the show notes. If you're watching this on Facebook, um, 
I'm sure each one of them can put their links in the comments below. If you want to reach out to them and find out more information, I suggest you do so and join us on the self-sovereignty quest. And it starts with procuring your own sovereign water and moving on from there. So until next time, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.